Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, social media is not cool anymore. Or at least that's how I'm deciding to put it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that it's definitely getting less and less cool, if if anything. It's it's definitely becoming like a culture war, uh, a ticking time bomb of of violence. I don't know if violence is the right word, but Hmm. a ticking time bomb of of passive-aggressive psychological trickery, people just arguing with each other. It's just a waste of energy anymore. It's like, I don't want to check into Twitter, but part of me is addicted to the culture war. And I think feel like it's always evolving, right? So like first it was MySpace and then that kind of evolved into Facebook and Twitter. And then like as those things kind of fade out, um Snapchat then, Yeah, and then there's along, like Snapchat, Reddit. TikTok, you know, all of those those platforms. And I feel like they all ap- appeal to kind of like a different demographic in a different age age group right you know what i mean that i always forget snapchat is social media i'm always like yeah i got rid of all social media and i didn't even think that i didn't get rid of snapchat well it feels like um it feels more like a messaging platform to me but i guess since you can post on your story and you can look at other people's stories and people that you don't know so i guess it is it, it definitely is social media but the way i use it at least it definitely feels more like a messaging platform yep exactly i use it more of a messaging platform but once in a while i post on my story and it's like i don't know like 15 people that i see post anymore it's it's gotten less and less oh yeah absolutely yeah. i've had the same snapchat since high school for i've like never 10 used years. snapchat oh really nope. you're not really missing that much okay. honestly that's good to know yeah it's maybe uh like you don't use it instagram do you no I was going to say maybe because it's just like a very visual thing, like people use it for sending pictures back and forth. Yeah, and since I'm blind, we don't mention it on the show that much, but I am blind and I don't use pictures, so. Yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't really find much use for that. No, no use whatsoever. The other uh, use for it, though, is going and just sending direct messages. um. Yeah. But the thing is, so they have the auto erase feature. And I don't know, there, there. I have some friends who I only, not like strictly, only talk to on Snapchat, but we communicate too, more frequently on Snapchat. And I don't know why, I just need to delete it because I don't have, like, it. I always, you do the thing where you're like, oh, sorry, what did you say? I, I forgot what you're replying to because you mm-hmm. don't, because the, the messages automatically disappear on Snapchat. You can So if you it. don't remember what the person said, then it's just like... What, 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 back and forth? If you at least forth. check it like once a day, then you can change it now. And this has been a thing for like a couple of years where you can change it to where it's like delete after 24 hours. Yeah. So that, that kind of fixed it as long as you're checking it like once a day. But yeah, but it gets to the point where it's like, just message me on Telegram or Signal or text me or something. I feel <laughs> like I'm um, basically talking about how much I love Snapchat all of a sudden. But the point of this conversation is that social media actually just isn't cool anymore. At least that's what I think this article basically is saying. It says... It's from the Wall Street Journal. It says, we aren't posting on social media as much anymore. Will we ever? And I hate when media just says we. So, yeah, because I was thinking, are they talking about their own platform? Or or is is it the collective we, like all of us? Yeah, it's really hard to say what the Wall Street Journal is trying to get at here because who are they talking to? I mean, they could be talking to their readers, but at the same time, it's, it's really confusing when they use the word we. They have a mouse in their pocket. Exactly. They're trying to mouse pocket us. 
Yeah, it's I just hate that. I hate when uh, any kind of newspaper, magazine, um, you know, media says we blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, you're so obviously trying to do it. I kind of dislike it in general, the whole collectivism like Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to get away from um, because I think it's ingrained into some of our language. But even sometimes like callers will call in and we'll be like talking about like the U.S. military or the government or something. They're like, we, we it's bombed like just, Iran like, or listen, whatever. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't bomb anybody. Uh, yeah. And just because we all <laughs> or just because the people who are speaking were born here or live here doesn't mean we're part of the collective United States. We yes. I would like to be. Separate I would like from to be that, individual. Please. I'd like to have yes. my own space. Thank you very much. Yeah, like just today. My own thoughts, my own thinking, my own will, whatever. I heard somebody do it just today. They were like, they were talking about vegetarians look at, um, they, they, they were talking about, okay, UFO um, abductions. And they're like, well, maybe they don't see it as a bad thing, what they're doing to us, abducting people and testing on them. Maybe they see it just like how we see uh, the way that we treat our livestock and vegetarians will say that the way we treat our livestock and I was just like oh why is he I saying don't, we he's yeah. not a farmer yeah and it's like I don't treat livestock like any, anything yeah like anything I don't really have that many interactions with like I don't have I don't farm have animals I don't either so. <laughs> I mean but if I did I'd hopefully treat them with some respect yeah is coconut livestock No, I don't think so. Coconut. I don't know if coconut's considered livestock. I think coconut is a family friend, or or maybe just a family member, but still Mm -hmm. an animal family member. Why do you guys think this is going to be? Why do you think people are going on less? I'm actually surprised by it. I don't know if I believe it. I'm surprised by it too because it seems like social media has dominated the, the the culture a lot. But I'm wondering if it's because. People are just getting tired of keeping up with the Joneses or the culture wars going on. I'm wondering if this particular article is talking about like maybe Facebook in their um, because there are there's always new social medias coming out. So maybe when they're talking about social media, they're talking about a couple particular like the big ones. And maybe some a lot of people are kind of migrating off of those platforms. A lot of younger Gen Z or I guess like mid Gen Z that I know like people who are teenagers right now 2021 20, they don't go on social media they've really? never had an Instagram oh interesting really see I don't like, I don't know uncool. if I know a lot of that age group it's like maybe TikTok definitely definitely TikTok but yeah. so this shocked me when I first started noticing it because I was like I would just hang out with all the people I went to high school with. It would be weird for me to hang out with people who are currently high schoolers. But then yeah. when they were graduating, or I would go to a concert and there'd be like a fifteen-year-old girl, um, or like, and I start talking to them just because we're like waiting in line next to each other, and you can't tell they're fifteen. They're so pretty and grown up. I know and they. Up. Yeah, it's the makeup <laughs> and the dress, like how they dress. Yeah, yeah they, they look like themselves. they're adults. It's for sure dangerous. Just for, like well, for like men but we're now we're getting off topic but so you know I mean? the pro- specific situation i'm talking about was 2019 i was talking to this girl i was like you're 15 you look older than me but um anyways um no i didn't say that but i mean that sounds mean but she probably would have been like yay thank you because she was like obviously wanted to look grown up and stuff yeah. but like i was talking to her and she was like i don't have instagram well i have one or yeah instagram but well i have one but like i've never posted on it like what yeah. that's so weird that made me like blow my mind i was like whoa i'm usually i meet people and i'm like oh add me on instagram like to everyone i meet that's yeah. like my age 
but I, I've learned more and more since then. That was just like the day I first heard of that. Like her and her friend she was with, they were like high schoolers, I guess. Yeah. Um, and more and more since I've learned that, it's like everyone, like my sister's age and younger, she's four years younger than me. They just basically have TikTok and they like have Instagram, but don't post on it. So what do they do? That they don't have any social media at all? They just they have TikTok? They definitely have, like never had a Facebook in their life ever. Yeah, I guess that's normal because I feel like Facebook my, is more older folks. Yeah. yeah. My girlfriend Alana says Facebook is for old people. <laughs> <laughs> Around like how old is she? Like a millennial She's Gen 25, Z? so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that all, that all checks out. Yeah, checks out. I, I just, I kind of do believe it. I feel like I've met more and more people in my life who aren't just young people who have like, for some reason, hate Instagram and Twitter. But even people like my age and older who were just like, yeah, I'm getting off it. I realized it isn't like very productive for me. It's wasting my time. Just so many people like I sometimes I feel like social media is just like the ghetto of the Internet because it's just like you go on there and it's like they're not very many like high quality people to conversate with. I spend well, you're not like learning there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think the the internet can be so valuable it's such a valuable resource but many people use it in non-productive ways yeah. and and like mm-hmm. with tiktok it's like you know they're actually tiktok's a great example because some people their feed is full of like educational contents and and news and all these you know like more productive content to be consuming and then some people it's just more i i don't want to i guess There's just like traps. dumb stuff yeah yeah just stuff that's not like actually just entertainment yeah in my in my opinion and it's like i definitely use the internet for some things that are just entertainment not to be taken seriously so i'm not like judging anyone like that but i also just like i couldn't imagine just immersing myself with that all day in and out like there at needs all times. to be mm-hmm. boundaries with it and and i do think entertaining content and comedy i think that is so valuable Mm -hmm. especially where we live in such a high stress world these days and we're like constantly being bombarded with like news from all around the world and most of it's really negative oh yeah um so i do think it can be yeah it is overwhelming so i think those like just funny you know you're just watching you know videos and it's funny and you can laugh and enjoy it or movies or whatever I, i do think that's valuable um, but it probably is a good thing to also be consumed, like knowing what is going on in the world. Lots of people log into social media every day. Fewer and fewer are actually posting. Isaiah Hug spends roughly two hours a day scrolling through Instagram. Oh my gosh. But his last post to his main feed was over a year ago. And see, that's what I'm telling you about young people. I wonder how old he is. He occasionally posts stories which vanish after 24 hours. Quote, I don't need to add more friction to my life and have people bickering about who I voted for or what I think. The 24-year-old Marine artillery officer who is based in Carlsbad, California said. And I'm, I'm telling you, everybody his age is like that, I think. It seems yeah. like to me. He prefers one-on-one group chats, which he calls private networking. The other thing I didn't really point out is I've noticed at least for a decade that boys or males less are way less likely to have any kind of social media at all. And sometimes you'll just meet a guy and someone will be like, oh, show me him. Maybe he doesn't have anything. Or like at least not posting yeah. photos. Might have a Facebook with like an old picture and he's just like friends with his mom and like you don't, <laughs> don't have a picture of him to share. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the opposite of birds. You know, I mean, that sounds so random. <laughs> but you know how like male birds are typically very colorful mm-hmm. and flamboyant. Um, I feel like that's kind of how human women are, where yeah. they have to be, you know, like they like to wear makeup and they're almost like it's they're the ones trying to attract a mate and they're a little bit more into their, uh, you know, appearance, appearance and, like, and yeah. I, I just think that women have so much more fun doing that stuff. Like, I don't paint my nails to attract a mate, but yeah. it's one of like the top most fun things I can think of. You know, painting your nails. <laughs> yeah, just like decorating things on me. I put blue yeah. eyeliner on today. Why? Yeah, but that's the yeah, yeah. So girls like to be more decorate. Typically, you know, typically girls like to be a little bit more decorated and more out there, and men just don't always care as much. Like I used to feel like my Instagram was like a work of art over time of my life and pictures and my face, and I just kind of got really tired of it really suddenly. Like I just mm-hmm. was like. I don't even want to look at Instagram anymore. I don't care about what anyone else is saying. And I'm just going to, I kind of became those, that type of person for a while that just mostly posted on stories and not like on my Instagram anymore. Cause yeah. it seemed just pointless. Like, I don't know. I had a lot of changes in my life all at once and it just got me thinking. And then I just felt like it was just like, I didn't know the point of it anymore. I don't know. It says billions of people access social media monthly, but users are posting less in favoring a more passive experience, surveys of users and research from data analytics firms say. Okay, yeah, so what you were just describing, and I think I know a lot of people um, who kind of, you know, you'll see them like a lot of things, I'm but they don't the really way. post or share. Like, yeah. I'm not posting or sharing a ton because, like, the other person said in this article, I don't feel like people need to know, like, my thoughts on the the government or or whatever because I'll just write about it in my journal and reflect on it later. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I wonder if social media, the rise of social media, has any um correspondence. Like if there is a downward projection of people writing in journals, or if anyone could know that. Oh, I'm sure there is with oh, yeah. like a survey, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure there is because I and I also think you know in regards to journals, it was something to do. And, you know, it's like same with like people don't read as much books anymore. They because there are all of these other things that you can do on the Internet. So it's like not everyone is going to take the time to write in a journal when they could watch a YouTube video or watch a movie or something. Mm -hmm. I do like to write, but for whatever reason, I've for years just felt like I couldn't just write in a journal. And I used to, like, especially as a kid and a teenager, it was just really fun to write like in a diary to me. And I stopped doing that, but I have one right now specifically for writing down my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Dream journal. And I feel like that's like, I don't know, it kind of like jogs my brain a bit more than any other, like not any other, but like most other things I could be choosing to do. To do. Yeah. I think um, journaling is very valuable for that reflection aspect. So like dream journals. Yeah. So for me, I've been keeping a journal since 2009. So I have a lot to look at back on. It's like 300 pages worth of stuff. So I'm excited to look back at my journal entries and occasionally think, you know, I've changed a lot in the past year or two. Like I've moved to New Hampshire from Utah and it's just, I like to look back at past journal entries and reflect on my life. David Kennedy, a 27-year-old office assistant in Chicago, has four different TikTok accounts. Three for posting, one for scrolling. Wow. (laughs) That's funny. 
an aspiring model. He loves to post photos on Instagram too. His friends, not so much. In a sea of Instagram reels from influencers, it is rare he spots a familiar face. Oh yeah, that's so true. I hate the reels. It's like Instagram tried to become TikTok and now it's like you see a bunch of videos, which I don't really like on Instagram. Yeah. I wish it was just... And that's the thing. I I do enjoy Instagram because I follow so many really awesome pages that give me a lot of educational content and mm-hmm. for, and it also gives me a platform to market and promote my own business which is fabulous um but it is it's trying to be something it's not and occasionally it does get frustrating yeah but like clearly clearly people like it because a lot of people use the reels mm-hmm. um and since i don't go on tiktok I don't mind the reels because I don't get that on other I, I platforms. I just think TikTok is does the best job of probably reels. Yeah. So because that's their whole thing, yeah. It, they're so good at it that it just everything else seems like ghetto TikTok. Like it's just like well, and you'll you'll tell um, because sometimes people will be narrating their reels on Instagram. And they'll say, oh, I am making this video for TikTok or something like that. So they are re- reusing the content where there's this feature on, on a lot of social media platforms where you can share to different pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can post something on TikTok, let's say, and it'll post to my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter. Mm-hmm. So to get the most, you know, to get your uh, post out there the most, people will post everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like recycling content. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't like cross over. Like I see people try to put shorts on Odyssey. That's just don't do that. It's stupid. But even you can do that on YouTube now. Yeah, and, they have and shorts YouTube, on YouTube, and I I don't love terrible. the shorts. I think there's a, a time and a place for it, but I think it's and we've talked about this on the show before. I can't remember if it was a Wednesday show, but it's creating or appealing to people with very short attention spans. Yeah. So now we're having this entire generation of people who can't pay attention for longer than like two minutes. Yeah. And it's like, how are you actually like, because when I, when you uh, read a book, for instance, it's probably going to take you anywhere from like four to 10 hours. Oh yeah. You got to get into To read that book. You have to meet the characters. Exactly. Well, and even if it's like nonfiction, it's like there, you are, you can get some information from Instagram or from a TikTok, but you're going to get so much more depth of information yeah. in a book or oh, a podcast episode. Um, but people can't even pay attention for a 45 minute long podcast episode anymore. Yeah. And I don't understand that because it seems like lots of people have loved movies like my whole life and I've never really been a movie person. But now all of a sudden people can't watch a YouTube video. Yeah, but I I feel like it also is kind of the younger generation. I mean, I do see some like boomer age people who are kind of developing into this because of their social media usage. It's kind of like molding them. Yeah, it's like kind of molding them into having this sort of attention span. But I do notice this more with kids and with teenagers. I have talked about on this show before but it was like a really long time ago one thing that i think social media has done to old people and i don't like it and i don't get it is their misuse of ellipsis ellipses i don't know yeah Yeah. plural Mm. um they're constantly like how are you today dot 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 yeah and it's like are you mad at me (laughs) 
And I didn't know that other people thought about this, but one day I was just like, it was so annoying. Like everybody I worked with was at least like a Gen X person yeah. or older. And I Googled like, why do old people put dot, dot, dot <laughs> after everything? And, and there was like a whole a article. Yeah. yeah. With somebody complaining about it. It was like, my mom always, I'm always thinking my mom hates me or is disappointed in me or something. Cause or they have the more to text. say. I mean, yeah. ellipsis is to me is like I've got more to say. Then why are right. you saying it? Or like a or trailing off or a pause. They just use it for period, and it makes no sense yeah. no. at all. We have Russell from New Hampshire. Russell, what's on your mind? Hey there. So you unmuted me, so me and Riley can talk. Yeah, we can right. talk, Russell. <laughs> I'm allowing it. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys a question about NH exit and uh, tell you guys about when our hearing is going to happen. It just got announced. Okay. Which part do you want first? The question. Yeah, let's do the question first. Uh, the first, first thing is I was wondering amongst the three of you guys, do you think New Hampshire is going to secede first or Texas? New Hampshire. Mm, I got to say Texas, honestly. I would have to agree with Bonnie. I think Texas will be the first to go. New Hampshire is going to talk about it for a bit. I mean, we have we have some measures coming up that will push the process, hopefully. But yeah, we got to have a conversation here in New Hampshire to the New Hampshire voters because New Hampshire has a lot of left-leaning voters. And I think new secession would appeal to leftists, whether they realize it or not. So it's getting them on board with secession that's going to be the challenge. So I think Texas might be the in first Texas, to go. In Texas, it's it's already an ingrained conversation based on their history. Of right. They used to be a, um, like, in New Hampshire also used to be an independent state. But Texas did more, not like as in not part of the United States at all. And then they just joined the United States and they made sure they have their ability to leave if they want like enshrined even though yeah i guess i guess that does make sense has there been anything recently in texas where they're like introducing new legislation yes there is this thing that they had um gotten over a hundred thousand signatures for to get it on but the I, i couldn't exactly describe what it is maybe russell could but the republicans were like dragging their feet getting the um, signatures verified, even though oh. it's their job. They're, they're bad Republicans. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they have the same problem as us. The GOP in New Hampshire is not is not on board with our secession talk either, just like Texas yet. So, yeah, yep. they don't have any way to put a referendum on the on the ballot like uh, you know I'm, I'm like California can. Hmm. And they don't have any way to make easy laws like here in New Hampshire. So they've been trying to, they're trying to put something on the, the primary ballot for Republicans. And the Republicans are fighting them. So we'll see what happens. So who do you think will secede first? Uh, well, my hope is that Texas secedes first and New Hampshire see- sneaks out and nobody notices. <laughs> is that because you want New Hampshire to secede and... Well, well, no one else is looking while they're fighting over Texas. <laughs> yeah, and nobody. And and we've been joking about you know we're only point four percent of the U.S. population, so they might wow. not even notice. Yeah, we're barely even a percentage, so it's yeah. why would they want to cling to a to a, to a state like New Hampshire? Yeah, well, we're not a welfare <laughs> state, though. We give more than we get. So does Texas. So, yeah. Does Texas does as well? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's the that's you know that's the way it is for. Well, I think 
really, depending on how you do the math, it's like that everywhere. Maybe New Mexico, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, the United States government doesn't seem likely to be happy with any of us leaving, so they must think they're getting more money out of us. Yeah. Or maybe it's a control thing. Like sometimes I I think like it makes sense to follow the money. Money obviously has some impact, but I think it goes beyond that. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, more, there's lots of factors. And also and, once and, and, one state and, and, does and it, it kind of opens the floodgates, right? Then right. it's like, oh, yeah. oh, well, if Texas did it, then like, and you know, Texas is doing pretty good. Like, yeah. why wouldn't we yeah. do it? Explode. It, they didn't die. Yeah, it, it opens up that question because there are so many people who are like, it's impossible. How would you... I mean, we had one gentleman call into the show one night that was literally like, you guys aren't going to have any electricity, <laughs> any water. Yeah. Like, yeah. he thought all that we would just... cut off. Yeah, he thought yep. we would just have nothing. And it's like, well, first of all, most of those things are provided by the state. Yeah. And second of all, I mean... You think that we couldn't figure, figure it out? out? Yeah. I mean, it can't be that complicated. Like a million and a half people, I think. Well, I, I always like to tell people that we'll probably be better off than Haiti the day after we leave. Mm-hmm. Right. There's well, there's a whole lot of countries of a that are a lot poorer than New Hampshire will yeah. be. Absolutely. <laughs> In a survey conducted in the U.S. this summer, research firm Gart- Gartner found more than half of respondents believe the quality of social media has declined in the past five years. They cited misinformation, toxicity, and the proliferation of bots as reason it ha- as reasons it has gotten worse. And, oh my gosh, the naked lady bots on Twitter are terrible. They're bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't like see the, that. Um, the, like, OnlyFans ones? The ones that are, like, trying to scam people? Yeah. Like the fake, yeah. I think it is fake OnlyFans that is time. That is the, the majority of the... But it, it's always been like that, right? When you, like, go to, like... I remember in the days of LimeWire, it was always, like, fake porn Ew. or... um Oh, what is it? Like, oh, there's... Um, local, like, hot Asians in your area. And I'm like, no, there's not. There's no Asians in my area, you liar. Like, this is, like, it's gotten, like, ten times worse. And it, I, this is the only thing I noticed about Twitter that was so different when Elon Musk took over. People were saying, like, it's gotten into a right-wing cesspool. I didn't notice that, but you tweet something on Twitter. Three likes appear at once, and you're like, what the... Who liked it so? And then you go look at him, and it's like Jessica, a fake, obviously fake person yeah. with OnlyFans link sometimes. And it's just like it. You will get like ten of those a day if you tweet a couple times. And yeah. it's really? it's gotten really bad. Oh, like gosh. it's like it, it makes things unfun because you're like, oh, I have notification. It's a stupid bikini girl. It's a double yeah. hit that doesn't really pan out. No follow through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I could totally see that as being an annoying thing. It's just annoying. Um, it also makes it feel more like you're in the ghetto of the internet, which I just hate that feeling the most. It does. And that's why I brought up LimeWire, because it's like, oh, like, you know, you're doing something illegal or whatever. You know, like it, it, it does feel like, you know, if this was a nice platform, there wouldn't be all these fake bikini girls yeah. trying to get me to follow their uh, nudie websites. Porn, yeah. porn commercials on the side. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh says ads and suggested posts have also sucked the joy out of apps, some users say. And that's exactly what you were talking about, the suggested posts. Those get so annoying. Oh, you you should follow this girl that you would never even choose to talk to in real life. Yeah. Like, why? 
Meta responded to user complaints saying it would continue to work on improving recommendations to help creators reach more people. The company added a snooze button that pauses suggested posts for 30 days at a time. And oh, I didn't know that. Me either. And chronological feeds that temporarily only show posts from people that you follow. And that's basically all that's really important about the article. We could go on, but um, I, I think we said mostly all we really wanted to say about social media, which I feel like we had a lot to say about it. It affects our, our lives a lot, as we have said. And it's just interesting to me. I'm, I'm glad that there's an article about social media becoming less cool because I just, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a an introvert. Like when I was a high schooler, the only thing I loved about high school was going there to talk to all my friends. Like, I loved to talk to people. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like I got my husband. And it's not like I, that was the I, my only aim of talking to people was to get married or something. But right. I found somebody that, like, I could talk to only him all day. And I became so much more of an introvert. So, but I'm pointing that out. But at the same time, I do have this belief that people kind of need to connect again. Like you'll become you'll be less dependent on the government if you're connecting with everyone around you. Sure, and you'll become less dependent on your dopamine hits if you're becoming more connected with everyone around you. I mean, that's that's healthy. It, that's something we really didn't get into at all. It is an addiction, I believe. Yeah. Uh, because anything that you know you really shouldn't be doing but you're doing, it it can be an addiction because your brain is making these chemicals and you're getting addicted to the chemicals your brain makes. And that's why I don't fall for it when people say like marijuana is not addictive at all. I'm not saying like it's bad, like caffeine's addictive too. I mean, sure. I drink I mean, caffeine today. Marijuana, caffeine, these are all addictive, but marijuana is, I mean, psychologically and behaviorally addictive rather than right. chemically. I mean, you may have some chemical withdrawals after stopping marijuana, or if you take a lot of marijuana, you might get something like hyper cannabinoid syndrome or something like that that, Hmm. that's just building up all this cannabis in your body and your body's trying to flush it out but it's struggling and so you might get really sick that happens wow i've never heard of that actually yeah it it's i wouldn't say it's common but it's getting more and more common as we get higher and higher levels of cannabis products oh yeah i'm sure and since cannabis is fat soluble it takes a while to get out so you gotta moderate your use of cannabis wow that's really interesting Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Riley, you brought in this article from Psychology Today. It says the infant brain's capability of conscious experiences. Does consciousness begin before birth, during birth, or shortly after? Before we get into it, what do you guys think? I think there's got to be some level of consciousness before birth as the brain develops as the body develops i mean we're not going to remember what was like inside the womb verbally but we may remember it emotionally and you know a psycho like the psychedelic experiences you might 
be able to bring that memory to the surface emotionally and have a death rebirth experience or whatever. But there's a level, I think there's a level of consciousness at some point before birth. I think it's even before that. Oh. Like you've always been, but now you're reincarnating. Yeah. And I would have to agree that you never didn't exist. That's why I, uh, I, I agree with that as well. But as far as like how conscious are you of your body and what's going on right now, I think that it probably shuts off and then becomes slowly and slowly more conscious as you're growing in your mother's womb. And I have heard stories of people who have said like, not that they remember being in there, like just like you remember yesterday, but something happens to them. Like they go to therapy about it or whatever. Like this one girl, I heard this story. I don't even know, know where at this point. Well, she, oh, I know it was in deep nutrition by Dr. Kate, um, Callahan. She said that there was this lady she met whose parents had divorced when she was, um, well, her mom got cheated on while her mom was pregnant with her and she almost died because the pain and, and like suffering and stress her mom was going through. Yeah affected her so much and she had yep. a near-death experience in the womb i That's think crazy. it was in deep, uh, deep nutrition i oh, wow. totally believe that i've read that book and i don't remember that I, so maybe maybe it was a different book i do still highly recommend that book though deep nutrition yes. is an excellent book it also talks about like um, development in the womb so maybe that's why I yeah that. um but it is there is like actual data to show that babies born to depressed women have higher levels of respiratory depression mm-hmm. and needing to be resuscitated at the time of birth mm. um, because they're constantly being affected by everything a pregnant woman feels, oh, says. Oh, really interesting. You know what I mean? And it's so like, it's how like, could you if, be affected by someone's emotions if you're not conscious at all? Exactly. So yeah. it's like, if if my mom, while I'm in the womb, is so depressed and has like very low will to live. Mm-hmm. Why would I have like it's like okay you just have been programming me cuz babies mm-hmm. don't speak English yet, right? Yep. So like they are it's like animals, right? So it's like they're very like primitive and it's like all in um like feelings. It's all in energy with babies. So even in the womb it's like if if I'm constantly being sent messages like it's dangerous out here, I'm stressed mm, out, right. it's I'm depressed. You know what I mean? If if those are the messages that the baby's constantly getting, why would they want to come into this world? Um, so that's just my theory on it. Um, yeah, but it's um, just interesting to me that you know here we are talking about memory and how that affects us, and I'm wondering. How do we make these memories more conscious in ourselves so we can work through them and pass pass through them and and yeah. become healthier individuals? I think the biggest thing for me, at least in my experience, has been ayahuasca and mushrooms and things yeah. like that. I think there's a lot of stuff we're not supposed to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I and, and I do think past life regression can be valuable in certain circumstances, but I also feel like we're in the here and now and that was in the past. Unless there's something in your life that is being disrupted by something that happened in a past life. I think we should leave it alone. Mm. But if someone is going through a struggle um, and they think it's linked to something like a, nothing in their life, like it doesn't make sense where this is coming from. 
I've seen past life regression, like hypnosis type sessions really help people overcome those hurdles. I also really quickly wanted to plug this book, Spirit Babies, How to Connect with the Child You're Meant to Have by um, Walter. This is a weird text, so I can't really. They could probably find it with that, that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the only book with that title. But that is even if you're not like, you know. Even if you're not trying to have babies or whatever, it's a very interesting read, especially if you're into clairvoyant stuff or, mm-hmm. or any the topic that we're talking about right now. Really, really interesting book. I highly recommend it. It's fascinating. Um, and it it links up a lot with things that um, mediums in my life have also said. Like there's a lot of overlap there or like some of the books, the... Um, you were just talking about it. The um, the, like the past life, uh, near death. Thing. Yeah, like near death experiences. It it all links up and overlaps with a lot of those concepts. Interesting. Um, I really enjoyed that book, but it, it goes into a lot of this of like when does consciousness develop? And the other thing that's really cool is in this book they talk about it, but also someone personally in my life has had an experience like this where um somebody is already pregnant, so like the conception already happened there's already a baby developing there Mm -hmm. but someone you know a medium was able to connect with that baby's spirit oh interesting so it is kind of interesting and it it does kind of like beg the question like i think there's spirits there but like is there spirit implanted into the actual fetus developing in the womb yet and when if it's not, like, when does it come into body? Because a lot of midwives and doulas will say, like, people who work very intimately in the natural birth sphere, um, you can tell, like, when you're at a birth, especially, like, a natural non-medical birth, you can tell it's like God is in the room. Dave Ridley in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. What's in your mind? Is it okay to talk about myself? Yeah, you can change the subject. Sure. It's, that's the show. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I managed to call you right in the middle of pickup, so this is not going to. Oh be no! Great. Anyway, the uh, so um, thanks to uh, our mutual friend Chris Wade over at ThinkPenguin.com, uh, I have been uh, who, uh, on a Ridley Rampage. He's one of my advertisers, um, and, and uh, <laughs> so one of the things I did that kind of gave me an epiphany. I, I went to. Uh, King City Hall, and I have this little, you know, this little fate, this alternate pledge of allegiance that I say that I just got off of Facebook, basically. Yep. And so when you get to the part, you get about a third of the way through the the pledge. I just say it in unison with everyone else, and I say, uh, I say, uh, one empire under fraud, completely visible, with lying and spying on all. And completely I say it visible. Loud. <laughs> I like I, it. I like it. I say it a little louder than you're supposed to. <laughs> So, uh, of course, people really hate that. And then I'll just get video of how they react. Um, in this case, I saw more angry faces than I've ever seen at Keene <laughs> City Council. That's I don't funny. think I've ever done this at Keene City Council before. Uh, but I've done it a bunch of other places. Uh, but but it, uh, it gave me this idea. I got video of it. You can see it on the channel. But it gave me this idea. Uh, you know, actually, maybe, you know, Buckminster Fuller used to say, you're really better off instead of complaining about something, you're better off providing an alternative. So I think it actually might be better to say like a, 
a sort of a like to, to make a pledge of allegiance more like to New Hampshire and sort of say that. Uh, although I'm not in favor of pledging allegiance to New Hampshire per se, but sure. I, I thought about maybe, maybe I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm not in favor of pledging allegiance to any government system, state or whatever. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree. So I thought it might be appropriate to say something like I pledge goodwill to the independence of the sovereign state of New Hampshire and, and uh, peaceable resistance against, you know, the federal government or something like that. I don't know what else, what else I would say, but I'm working on it. I'm working on a better pledge. I, I asked uh, an AI to write one for me, and it refused. Really? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's hilarious. It was, uh, yeah, it was Microsoft, it was a Microsoft Copilot, and I asked it. He said, it said, well, I am, uh, as a large language model, I am not qualified to write something so patriotic and solemn. Well, like, why don't you just try? <laughs> that's so silly. That, and that's so weird because they'll do pretty much anything you tell them to, right? I've run into I mean, some if they things can... they'll refuse. Like, I really? was like, tell me what you would say in court if you're fighting a traffic <laughs> ticket. And it's like, I can't do that. I mean, that that does sound a little bit more complex. But like, right that, you know, they clearly an AI knows their regular Pledge of Allegiance, right? It so come up with their own. They'll, they'll, it's not that it's like, I can't think that way. It, it's Or I can't do that. It's they're, they were programmed not to do it because they their programmers don't want them to do something offensive yeah. or give you legal it's, advice. Yeah, right. that they, does make sense. The, the AI can dumb. only be... That is dumb can only function as far as it's programmed now but yeah who knows in a year or two or three or four or five that might change hopefully after i'm dead my friend just recently had a baby and she had her eyes closed every time i go to see her and i first saw her the day after she was born and i saw her pretty often and she her eyes were always closed and i she and my friend she would talk about like oh the baby's eye color and i was like does she like have her eyes open and she would be like yeah, she'll have her eyes open for You're like, is she like She's a like, kitten where like, no, her eyes are closed? No, that's what I said. I was yeah. like, honestly, I didn't think much about it. Like, I had two siblings that were born when I was a teenager, but I, did, I wasn't yeah. thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or I just yeah. forgot, I guess. So I was like, yeah. wait, okay, it seems like her eyes are always closed. Wow, I just realized, like, she opens her eyes. Because it's like 90% of the time they have their eyes closed. Well, every baby has a different personality. Hmm. So it's funny. Some babies will be born and then they're just like, kind of looking around the room like very inquisitively wow. and it's like wow that baby is just like really soaking it all in and then some babies are born and they're crying some babies are born and like you said like they just it, and I think it depends on like the the ambiance in the room too they don't like bright lights hmm. so if it's if it's bright you know they'll they'll more than likely have their eyes closed and hmm. and they do spend most of their time sleeping on and off um but yeah it's just it's it's interesting because even right when they're born, they have their own different personalities. Yep. And even, you know, women who have had multiple children. I mean, you know, Bonnie, your mother has had multiple children, so she might even be able to tell you mm-hmm. different babies in utero will also have kind of different personalities where yeah. some of them move a lot. Some of them don't. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah, it's just really interesting. And it's also interesting how somebody who's not talking can barely really move well they move but they're not like really in control that their arms are like they'll flail and stuff like that like they're not in good control of their body can have a a perceptible personality like my friend's baby is like three months old at this point and obviously has gone through so many different changes but her like core personality we pointed out like on day two is still there like we'll be like oh my gosh she's so 
I don't know how to explain it. She just is sassy. It, it's just a thing <laughs> that was there even on day two that we're talking about. And it's still there. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's something I was thinking of earlier that definitely makes me think like she's been conscious this whole time. It's not like she's just been unconscious and then one day it's going to happen when she's three years old. I don't know. Maybe it happens yeah. different for different people. I don't know. But they're not just like a blob. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they are like a... They're already a human being. Mm-hmm. So I know my girlfriend, Alana, can be kind of sassy. <laughs> I wonder if she's a sassy baby. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I hope that has. That's funny. Maybe her mom would would say that. That would yeah, be probably. so funny. It says, however, we don't rule out the possibility that consciousness might already start some weeks before birth. And it's a little weird. This article seems to be saying like, oh, only some weeks, like yeah. not the entire time. Right. But... My co-author, the the author of this article says, Dr. Julia Moser, currently at the University of Minnesota, has led work showing that third trimester fetuses appear to be capable of learning sequences of auditory beeps. When an auditory tone deviates from a pattern established earlier in the experiment, the fetus shows this surprise response in its magnetic brain activity. Wow. The neural activity... Shows a field deflection as if the fetus is saying, huh? That's crazy and so funny. Yeah, that's really interesting. It shows this picture here, which is worth pointing out, of it looks like a canyon and a sunrise and a river flowing through it. And it shows normal adult perception, like somebody with like 20-20 vision looking at that. And it shows the same thing, mostly mostly blurred out with just like the darkest parts looking dark and the lightest parts of the sunset looking lighter. And it's this infant perception. It says how we adults see the world is very different from how infants see the world. And I guess that makes sense because their eyes are developing from not having to look at anything for nine months. Our new, well, I don't know how long the eyes are around, but some months. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they, the basis of the eyes probably develop around like eight weeks, maybe, hmm. maybe before that. Our new paper also sheds light on what it is like to be a baby. We know that seeing is so much more immature. We know that seeing is much more immature in babies than hearing, for example. Furthermore, this work suggests that at any point in time, infants are aware of fewer items than adults and can take longer to grasp what's in front of them but they can easily process more diverse information such as sounds from other languages than their older selves. Infants can perceive many things that adults cannot, like the differences between vowel sounds in a foreign language. Hmm. By 10 months or so, we lose this ability as the brain decides these perceptual differences are no longer relevant and discards them. Wow, that's crazy. That is really crazy. It's like the brain is shedding neurons or something. It's like... You are interested in something as a baby, but then your parents keep telling you, oh, that's not there. That's not real. This is that and that is that. And you just decide to see it differently. So crazy. Says it's still unclear when exactly human consciousness begins, but we hope our paper will guide new research by reviewing what we already know and what questions remain. I'm fascinated by the question of whether infants or even fetuses can already dream. A promising new theory of dreaming is... Eric Hole's overfitted brain hypothesis, which says that dreams are essentially scrambled versions of inputs from waking life that help with generalization learning so that you learn to recognize things in new contexts and new situations. Okay. A newborn has barely begun to learn anything yet, but 
Perhaps they already dream about the sounds and smells of their mothers. If fetuses dream, perhaps they dream of the taste of the amniotic fluid. Hmm. Whoa. As I recently told Dear Spiegel, which I guess is a magazine, dreams are weird, and fetal dreams, if they occur, are probably weirder than anything we can imagine. I'm going to move on to this article from the AP. It says, The New York Times sues OpenAI and Microsoft Soft for using its stories to train chatbots. The New York Times is striking back against the threat that artificial intelligence poses to the news industry, filing a federal lawsuit Wednesday against OpenAI and Microsoft seeking to end the practice of using its stories to train chatbots. And I think that's absolutely dumb. And nobody should be able to sue and win over this. Oh, I agree. I think, you know, if people, if AI companies want to train their chatbots to look at news or whatever and analyze it, why not? They should be allowed to. I mean, these people are putting this on the internet and it's not like they're, it's not the same as plagiarism. Like, I can see the idea that plagiarism is wrong not that i really believe in suing people over it but i can see that it's not like a good nice cool thing to do but it's not plagiarism it's training the chatbots how to do things like the new york times and sorry you're a household name if somebody sits there and makes a parody and their brain is a lot like the ai you have no control over that. Plus, it gives the chatbot to learn about the news and talk about and learn not necessarily talk about it, but you know, if someone asks a question about a news article, it's going to be able to come up with something about it. Yeah, like, hey, OpenAI, write a news article about Riley and you know, blah blah blah. I, I don't know, and, and <laughs> then they write a a story about that, but it's written in a news article type format right, in a, in, as, as though it's written from the new york times perspective exactly and, and the other thing about it, it about these people that sue over stuff like this all the time well these entities i guess um these corporations i don't understand it because all it does is help your get your brand out there like somebody can type oh right in the style of the new york times you know yeah. and i just don't understand Cutting that off. It's so stupid, and I just hate the litigiousness of the United States. It's so bad. The Times says the companies are threatening its livelihood by effectively stealing billions yeah, right. of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, billions. Well, maybe the New York Times be- should become more relevant and stop worrying about yeah. chatbots. Yeah, I, yeah, like that thing. doesn't. It, yeah, if that's happening, it has nothing to do with chatbots. And this is like, and this is another thing where. Um, like intellectual property, you know what I mean? Like this is worse than intellectual property. It's like, no, I I just don't understand. Like if somebody can program a chatbot to write like the New York Times, that's not the same as being the New York Times. Yeah, they're not as copying. the New York Times. They have so many. They have so many more resources. They have so much more advertisement. Like all of the these things. I just don't under I don't understand. It couldn't possibly be threatening them, and even if it no. was, well, maybe it's time for the New York Times to die. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, why are you so afraid of competition? You're yep. the New York Times. Yeah. Yep. And, and the thing is, that's the thing about people suing people all day in in the United States. It's just that I feel like there are certain things that should just die when it's their turn, when it's their time. Like we were talking about social media earlier. Maybe social media doesn't need to be on top forever. Like, there's no, there's nothing written in stone about that. It can eventually die. 
it's the natural progression of things. And you'll see like where, you know, Facebook and all of these, you know, going back to social media, like they will are constantly changing and developing. And, and that's what you have to do in any industry. You have to stay relevant. You have to stay with the times. But they want to just keep making money like they always did in the 80s. Yeah. David from New Mexico, what's on your mind? Lots of stuff, Bonnie. Like um, what? I got the earliest. Uh, well, I, I, I got an earliest memory, but first of all, oh, cool. radio business news. Uh, the, the, the morons at uh, Cotex Bloody Mess Radio in Golden Showers, Arizona, they they had you on Monday through Friday, and they're they're replacing you with that Kate Daly, uh, annoying chick on the radio. Unfortunately, Kate oh, Daly. No. Daly, yeah, she's, she's actually. So funny thing about Kate Daly is she broadcasts out of Southern Utah. She, I used to listen to her when I lived in St. George several years ago, but I just stopped listening to her because she became too much of a conspiracy kook. Hmm. She became a Trumpite, and I was like, you know, dude, I, I don't want to listen to you anymore. Wow. You're not pro-liberty. You're pro-America. Yeah. I can't take that. So I stopped listening to her. I mean, she's she's a nice lady, but I think she's too much of a statist for my tastes. But anyway, go ahead, David. And and, and she's annoying. She, she, she her, uh, I mean, not that I'm not. But her cadence when she speaks, she pauses after every word. She's like, and then. Yeah. Oh, no. Went. That's horrible for radio, too. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. are you saying you like my voice more than her, David? Oh, hell, are you a mind reader? Are, are, is there a camera in here somewhere, Bonnie, or a microphone? <laughs> no. Or in my head? It's I just that you used to earlier. make fun of my voice. <laughs> I wasn't actually making fun of it, Bonnie. I told you back then. I, I said uh, imitation is. The, the, what is it, the finest, whatever, the for, form of the flattery. Form of flattery. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And funny. Because oh I liked it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, actually, I, I, was, I have I a camera in there also. I'm going to put some clothes on, man. I don't like this, <laughs> I don't like this uh, invasion of privacy stuff. Um, but, yeah, I actually had that thought earlier that I, that I was going to uh, tell the, the people at uh, Cotex Radio, KTOX, um, in uh, Needles, California, that, 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 I actually way, 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 way prefer Bonnie's voice to this Kate Daly thing. That's awesome. Thank you, David. Yeah. Um, what welcome. was the Anytime. earliest memory you said you had? That sounds really interesting. Well, well, the coolest, I got several, actually, and they were from like 18 months, 18 months old. Wow. And um, yeah, and the, the, the coolest one was, because this even blows, this blows me away. It's like I was in the, the living room one day, you know, and, and pictured, I mean, this, this is like way, way back, you know, however old I am, it was that long ago. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, every, everything is like vintage furnishings, vintage decor, vintage everything. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm in the living room, and there's a TV on the TV stand over there, and you got your you know, couch and your lamps and whatever. And, and I just had, I had this thought, I was looking at the, the electrical outlet, and I'm like, the thought I had was, why does the electricity have to go through the wire in the wall why can't it just go through the air to what you want to power on you know like the tv huh. so wow that's how's that for 18 months old that's, that's crazy yeah and then flash forward uh, all these years and now they, they actually they actually do that like with wireless charging for your phone wow yeah. so david was probably tesla in a past life <laughs> nikola probably. tesla yeah i was yeah, actually, I was—I was going to say. I mean, I don't know about that, but but uh, um, what's impressive is having that at that age. You know, where does that come from? Did you have some past life where you were involved with electricity? You know, you know what was it? But obviously, uh, Nikola Tesla was actually 
uh, talking about electricity going through the air instead of through a wire. He was right. actually experiment, you know, experimenting with that, you know, however many decades before I was even born. Right. That's why I said that. That That is, yeah. it, it makes me think maybe there's something that you carried over from, if not a past life, because some people don't even necessarily believe in that. It could even just be like whatever you were, your consciousness couldn't have possibly just appeared out of nowhere we we know that things don't appear out of nowhere maybe your consciousness existed in another realm and it knew things like that were possible and you were just like still holding on to a little bit of that does that make sense yeah that, yeah, I've, yeah i've had that thought i i honestly i have you know i have no idea for, that the uh, or you know for real you know how can i know any of that but that that is a thought that i've had is if that, that's a possibility of of how that happens wow what was the other one? Didn't you say you have more than one? Yeah. Well, well, in that same vein, I actually still have a baby spoon, or actually my mom has it, and it has a, you know, a silver. It's a silver baby spoon, and it has a a, a nick burned out of it where I had I had stuck it in the outlet, trying uh-huh. to uh, to experiment with electricity. Oh my gosh! And um, yeah, and that was in that same eighteen months. And then the, the the way that I found found out that I was that young was um, I was telling my mom uh, a while back about a dream that I had had. I wanted to ask her about it, see if she, if she knew anything about it. I said, I had this dream when I was, you know, like 18 months old, two years, whatever it was. And that I was, I was outside in the yard and this huge wind just came up out of nowhere. And, you know, as a toddler that had just started to walk, I was trying to make my way back to the, to the door of the house. And I was literally like having to lean into the wind, like literally like a, like a, I don't know, maybe almost a 45 degree angle. If you can picture that uh, in order to not get blown over backwards and she and she got this this really blank look on her face, and her mouth dropped open. And she goes, "You remember that?" And it turns out it wasn't a dream; it was it had actually happened. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.